Hello, 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 and welcome to the one and only Political Dad Podcast. I'm your host, PD, or better known as Political Dad, the father figure you never knew you needed in the chaotic world of politics. This is episode eight, and boy, do we have a show lined up for you today. The man that is not afraid to spank his kids. The man that hands out trophies to only winners. The man brave enough to shop at Walmart after midnight. He was born in a radio station back when man walked on the moon. An apprentice under the Doctor of Democracy for 20 years. Political Dad is on the Common Sense Broadcast Network. To get in touch with Political Dad, just email him pd at csbn.live or check out politicaldad.net for your fill of common sense. And now, the man that's not afraid to throw all his garbage in one trash can. Before we start, I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. Whether you're juggling diapers and debates, or just simply trying to make sense of the political playground, we're thrilled to have you with us. It's a wild ride, folks. But remember, in politics as in parenting, it's always the unexpected that keeps us on our toes. Welcome to today's laugh-filled episode of Political Dad. First, we'll tackle Adam Schiff's claim of being the Republicans' personal nightmare and the House's decision to put him on the naughty step for his Trump-Russia comments. Then we'll dive into the Hunter Biden saga, where he's pleading guilty to tax crimes and snagging a deal on a gun charge. Kodak Black's lawyer isn't too thrilled about the deal, comparing it to his client's harsher sentence. Drama alert. Next, we discuss a poll where 83% of voters want the FBI to spill the beans on an alleged Biden bribery scheme. The White House is acting like a cat on a hot tin roof, distancing themselves from Hunter's tax probe and claiming Joe's is clueless about his son's business as a dad trying to operate TikTok. Ladies and gentlemen, hear it. Political dad, we're swimming in an ocean of news. We've got more headlines than a newsstand and just about as much time as a toddler's attention span to get through them all. It's like trying to fit a political elephant into a podcast-sized room. But fear not. Just like a dad assembling IKEA furniture, we're determined to squeeze, shove, and if necessary, hammer all these juicy tidbits into our time together. So sit tight because we're about to embark on a high-speed chase through the wild world of politics. And now, the top news stories of the day on the CSB Network. This week, I decided to ask ChatGPT to write a better set of headlines than the ones in my Twitter feed. Let's read what it came up with. Study finds Earth, trying out new dance move thanks to groundwater pumping. ABC host dumbstruck as post-Trump indictment polls show a statistical tie. Can somebody please explain Biden to me? Adam Schiff confesses to Saki, Republicans think I'm the boogeyman. 
Hunter Biden opts for guilty plea on tax crimes, wins bonus round on gun charge. Trump's federal trial set in Fort Pierce, courthouse stocking up on popcorn. Kodak Black's lawyer cries foul on Hunter Biden plea deal. Oh, my client didn't even get a chance to bid. House votes to censure Adam Schiff over Trump Russia comments, you're in timeout, Adam. Schumer unveils new AI framework. It's like regular intelligence, but it actually works. New survey. 83% of voters want the FBI to spill the tea on alleged Biden bribery scheme. Justice Scalia, pioneering the art of Supreme Court justices freeloading. Zuckerberg versus Musk, billionaire brawl or richest reality show ever. DeSantis, where does governing end and campaigning begin? It's all just blurred lines to me. President Biden to deliver major economic speech, staffers cross fingers and hope for the best. There you have it. I actually think ChatGPT did a pretty good job. Okay, folks. Now, if you thought your week was tough, spare a thought for Adam Schiff. It appears he's been handed the political equivalent of a naughty corner timeout. That's right. Schiff has been censured by the House of Representatives for comments he made about investigations into Trump's ties to Russia. But don't worry. Schiff isn't sulking in the corner. He's taken the censure like a champ, claiming it as a badge of honor. If that's not turning lemons into lemonade, I don't know what is. You see, in the world of politics, being censured is a bit like getting a parking ticket. It's inconvenient. A bit embarrassing, but ultimately life goes on. And in Schiff's case, it seems life goes on with a party. Picture this. The solemn ceremony after the vote turns into a mini mosh pit with Democrats cheering and chanting his name. So let's dive into this and all the other political shenanigans on this episode and give you a little more detail as to what's going on. Buckle up! Because we're in for a wild ride. This week... The House of Representatives voted to censure California Representative Adam Schiff for comments he made several years ago about investigations into Donald Trump's ties to Russia. This decision was largely along party lines, with Schiff becoming the 25th House lawmaker to be censured. Schiff was defiant ahead of the vote, saying he will wear the formal disapproval as a badge of honor and accusing his Republican colleagues of doing Trump's bidding. After the vote, the ceremony turned celebratory as dozens of Democrats cheered for Schiff. The effort to censure Schiff, who was a key figure in the House investigations into Trump, was led by Republican Representative Anna Paulina Luna. The resolution accuses Schiff of misleading the American people while pursuing the congressional investigation into Russia and the Trump campaign as the then-chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, and for actions leading up to the former president's first impeachment. Schiff dismissed the allegations as false and defamatory. Luna's original resolution failed last week after 20 Republicans voted to table it and two voted present. However, some tweaks were made, including axing a $16 million fine attached to the legislation, and the measure gained more support. Schiff represents a broad swath of communities centered in Los Angeles and the San Gabriel Valley. 
Some House Republicans initially voted against the measure over concerns of constitutionality and fears it could spark a tit-for-tat. However, several that voted to kill the resolution signaled they would support the new version, even though some GOP lawmakers expressed concern that the repeated attempts were boosting Schiff's fundraising for his Senate candidacy. Schiff said, They wouldn't be going after me if they didn't think I was effective, and accused Trump of being behind the effort to distract from his own legal problems. Just picture the heaps of time and truckloads of money that were poured into the Trump-Russia collusion saga. It was like a never-ending political soap opera that spanned years, where the plot twists were as frequent as the commercial breaks. And who foots the bill for this roller coaster of a narrative? Well, hold on to your wallets, folks, because it's none other than us, the good old American taxpayers. Now, speaking of commercial breaks, we'd better take one. Be right back after this. We have all the answers. Don't go away. You're listening to the Common Sense Broadcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, brace yourselves for the most unexpected face-off of the century. We've got two of tech's heaviest hitters trading their keyboards for boxing gloves in the heart of Las Vegas. It's Musk versus Zuckerberg in the ultimate MMA showdown. On one side, we've got Mark the Algorithm Zuckerberg, who swapped his usual hoodie for a headguard and is ready to like and share some punches. Facing him is Elon Rocketman Musk. He's launched Teslas into space, but can he launch a knockout punch? But that's not all. We've got the richest man in the world, Jeff Primetime Bezos, stepping out of his spaceship to be our special referee. Will his delivery be as quick in the ring as it is on Amazon? And who's that at ringside? It's UFC's Dana White, who's seen more fights than a saloon in a Western Donald the Dealmaker Trump, no stranger to a scrap. And Hunter Biden, who's surely hoping the punches in this fight are less damaging than recent headlines. It's going to be a wild ride, folks, and you don't want to miss it. Grab your pay-per-view tickets now. This is one technical knockout that'll be trending worldwide. He's not on the right. He's not on the left. He's on the side of common sense. Political Dad is on the CSB Network. Ah, and now on to a topic that just seems to keep on giving. Hunter Biden. It's like he's playing hide-and-seek with us, except we keep finding him in the news headlines every week. This week, the younger Biden appears to be trading in his paintbrushes for a plea deal, agreeing to plead guilty to federal tax crimes and take a deal on a gun charge. I guess when it comes to Hunter, even the plea deals are as complex as his abstract art. But wait, there's more. Hunter's plea deal has stirred up quite a ruckus. Uh, especially from Kodak Black's lawyer, who seems pretty miffed that his client got a tougher sentence for the same crime. Just when you thought you'd seen it all, folks. So, let's dive into these Hunter headlines and try to untangle the intricate web of political intrigue and legal battles right here on the Political Dad podcast. Hang on tight, it's about to get interesting. What exactly is Hunter Biden charged with and why? Hunter Biden, son of U.S. President Joe Biden, has agreed to plead guilty to two charges of willful failure to pay federal income tax. 
He's accused of not paying over $100,000 in income tax twice, which were calculated from over $1.5 million in taxable income he received in 2017 and 2018. These charges are misdemeanor counts, with a maximum penalty of a $25,000 fine and up to a year in federal prison, though imprisonment isn't mandatory. Furthermore, Hunter Biden was also charged with possessing a revolver for about 11 days in October 2018, while being an unlawful user of a controlled substance, a felony charge. This charge is related to his admitted struggles with substance abuse, including crack cocaine use and alcoholism. However, he's entering a pretrial diversion agreement on the firearm charge which could allow him to avoid prison time or a criminal conviction if he successfully completes the terms of his diversion program. This could result in the charge being lowered or dismissed, or prosecutors seeking a lighter sentence for him. Let's take a look and see what Hunter Biden has been doing for a job the last 10 years or so. I'm sorry, I was not able to find a complete timeline of Hunter Biden's professional activities over the past 10 years. However, some of the most notable positions he has held include, in 2014, he joined the board of Burisma Holdings, a Ukrainian gas company, a position he left in 2019. He also co-founded an investment and advisory firm called Rosemont Seneca Partners in 2009. More recently, Hunter Biden has been pursuing artistic endeavors as a painter. Let's ask ChatGPT if it can help us out a little on how Hunter was involved in Rosemont Seneca Partners. Here is what it says. Hunter Biden was one of the co-founders of Rosemont Seneca Partners, an international investment firm. Rosemont Seneca Partners was founded in 2009 by Hunter Biden and Devin Archer, who were business partners, and Christopher Hines stepson of former Secretary of State John Kerry. The firm pursued business endeavors globally, including in foreign markets. As a partner in the firm, Hunter Biden would have been involved in decision-making strategy and possibly in the cultivation of business relationships. However, the specific details of his involvement in the firm's operations are not clearly documented in the public domain. It's also worth noting that Hunter Biden's business dealings, including those related to Rosemont Seneca Partners, have been subject to scrutiny due to potential conflicts of interest given his father's political career. Now let's ask ChatGPT about his involvement with Burisma. Hunter Biden, son of U.S. President Joe Biden, joined the board of Burisma Holdings, a Ukrainian energy company, in April 2014 and served until April 2019. His involvement with the company has been the subject of controversy and investigation. While on the board, Hunter Biden was reportedly paid up to $50,000 per month. His appointment drew criticism due to the perception of potential conflicts of interest, given that his father, then-Vice President Joe Biden, was deeply involved in U.S. policy towards Ukraine. Critics, particularly from the Republican Party, have alleged that Hunter Biden used his position to influence U.S. policy and protect Burisma from investigations. A U.S. Senate report in 2020 raised concerns about possible conflicts of interest and flagged potential issues with Hunter Biden's tax affairs. However, the report did not establish that Hunter Biden's role with Burisma influenced U.S. foreign policy or that Joe Biden acted improperly with regard to his son's business affairs. 
In December 2020, Hunter Biden revealed that his tax affairs were under investigation by the U.S. Department of Justice. Regarding recent developments, I did find that he has agreed to plead guilty to two tax charges and is entering an agreement that may allow him to avoid a conviction on a firearm offense. There you have it from the AI. It is intriguing to observe that numerous influential politicians have family members actively involved in the operation of global businesses and firms, extending their reach even into foreign markets. Is this not perceived as a potential issue? Are we, as a nation, overlooking a, a significant problem, either out of apathy or due to our preoccupation with the immediacy of our lives? It is imperative that we shift our focus to consider the long-term implications for future generations rather than remaining solely self-oriented. This phenomenon forms a component of the so-called swamp, and it is incumbent upon us to devise a solution, which could potentially be the implementation of term limits for all politicians in order to address it. Our venture with Donald Trump's administration didn't yield the results we hoped for. As we look forward, might an individual such as Robert F. Kennedy Jr. serve as a more effective leader? Or could he, too, merely echo the shortcomings of his predecessors? One thing we know is that Joe Biden isn't the answer. We will be lucky to get through the rest of his term. We have all the answers. Don't go away. You're listening to the Common Sense Broadcast Network. Are you feeling tired, worn out, or in need of a pick-me-up? Well, we have the perfect solution for you. Introducing the Joe Biden Nap Kit. That's right, folks. It's time to embrace the power of a rejuvenating snooze, just like our favorite president. With the Joe Biden Nap Kit, you'll receive a plush, custom-made nap pillow featuring Joe Biden's signature smile. It's like resting your head on a cloud of political bliss. But wait, there's more. We'll also include a limited edition I Nap with Joe Eye Mask, perfect for those moments when you need to shut out the chaos and dream of bipartisan harmony. And for an extra touch of presidential relaxation, we'll throw in a white noise machine preloaded with Joe Biden's most soothing speeches. Say goodbye to sleepless nights and hello to the land of Nod. So whether you're dozing off in the Oval Office or catching some Zs at home, the Joe Biden nap kit has got you covered. It's the only way to truly embrace the art of presidential napping. Don't miss out on this once-in-a-lifetime offer. Order your Joe Biden nap kit today and wake up feeling refreshed, recharged, and ready to face the world, or maybe just ready for a second nap. Don't forget, all you have to say is, Alexa, play the Political Dad podcast to hear the latest from the Professor of Logic. And now, the man brave enough to ask, do you recycle? Nah, we delved into the complex dynamics of powerful politicians and their family's involvement in business, raising important questions about potential conflicts of interest. It's crucial for us to continue examining these issues and striving for transparency and ethical governance. Remember, our choices today shape the future for generations to come. Join us next week as we explore more thought-provoking topics in the world of politics. Stay informed, stay engaged, and always question the status quo.
Let's finish this week's show with some lighthearted dad jokes. Why did the politician always carry a map? Because he wanted to redistrict his way to finding the shortest route to success. Why did the politician become a gardener? Because he heard that campaign promises always blossom into beautiful flowers. How does a politician stay fit? By doing spin class every day. What do you call a politician who can play guitar? A shred of state. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the Political Dad Podcast, where we navigated the treacherous waters of politics with a sprinkle of dad humor. Remember, even in the midst of serious discussions, it's important to find moments of laughter and keep our spirits high. So, go forth and share these jokes at your next political gathering, but remember to use them responsibly and with a dash of political wit. Until next time, this is the Political Dad Reminding you that politics doesn't have to be all serious business. It can be downright puntastic. Stay tuned and stay politically punderful. Don't forget, all you have to say is, Alexa, play the Political Dad podcast to hear the latest from the Professor of Logic. To get in touch with Political Dad, just email him pd at csbn.live or check out politicaldad.net for your fill of common sense. Why did the politician bring a ladder to the debate? Because he wanted to raise the bar. Why did the politician become a baker? Because he wanted to rise to the occasion and knead the dough of public opinion. Why did the politician enroll in a music class? Because he wanted to learn how to harmony with his colleagues. Why did the politician open a restaurant? Because he wanted to serve up some political seasoning with a side of spicy debates. Why did the politician start a comedy club? Because he figured he could always spin the jokes in his favor. Mm -hmm.